Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. What's up, Paul? How's it going? I've been doing pretty good, uh, staying busy. Life events are, are going on, but I had to come on and talk 49ers quarterback competition with John Lynch's comments today. There are so much that went into it, but I want to talk about the quarterback portion of it right now. I'm just so interested in his words and then how everyone's reactions were to those words and how some people took it one way, others took it another way. I think it's one of the most interesting things. And once again, here we are, 49ers talking quarterbacks every single season. It seems like there's a quarterback question that goes with the 49ers. And it started ever since Kyle Shanahan first got to San Francisco. And what's up, Kylie? How's it going, Lou? Welcome to chat. It, the quarterback position has never been stabilized in Kyle Shanahan's regime and I think right now is one of those times where you just don't know for sure you've got Brock Purdy you've seen what he did in seven games uh, but he was an unproven coming out of college now everyone was very high on him a lot of people on draft day wanted the 49ers to take Brock Purdy I could tell you that uh, if you go back and watch the live stream I did I was I was on you know covering rounds four through seven and there were so many people I got to give props uh, to the cutback crew and everyone that was here going in on the fact the 49ers were going to select Brock Purdy at some point during the draft. And they were right. And right before 262, everyone knew it was going to be Brock Purdy. I thought that was fantastic. But what's up, Gary? How's it going? Uh, so I'm I'm really excited. And I love Paul's comment. He says, at least we are not the Baltimore Ravens this year. How smart was it of Lamar Jackson to announce that he had requested a trade just as as John Harbaugh got to the podium to do his press conference, 
that is some chess being played. No agent, but yet a very intelligent move on his part. Well done. Well, I'm I'm very, very excited about it. And longtime Niner fans says it wouldn't be a 49er season without quarterback drama. And that's how it feels. Uh, you have, you know, of course, Brock Purdy. We saw what he did in a limited sample size, seven games. And then with Trey Lance, we've seen four games, uh, give or take, you know, quarters of play from him. And then you've got the new addition, Sam Darnold, who can't be forgotten because he's only 26 years old and he was a four, former third overall pick in 2018. Now, the word is that Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan did a lot of work that year on Sam Darnold to see about how he would fit this system. The 49ers, of course, you know, had some early picks that year. Uh, and so they were looking into players that they could potentially add. And so Sam Darnold has been somebody that they've been somewhat enamored with. Apparently, Mike Shanahan liked him a lot. So I think all of these three guys have a place within the quarterback room and within this competition. And I think that was one of the things that John Lynch tried to make clear with his comments was not only that it was uh, Brock Purdy that was ahead of the game and he was the guy that was going to be the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, this is his exact quote. He said, I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. He said, I'll let Kyle Shanahan make those kind of decisions. But I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned the right to be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. So what he's saying is, hey, if all things were equal and all three of these quarterbacks are healthy, right now Brock has done the most to be there to take that first snap. And I don't know if that is very outlandish. To me, I think that's very uh, safe approach. I think that's the... You know, probably the, the approach that I would take as well is I've actually seen more of Brock Purdy uh, in game time plays and big time plays uh, during a game than I've seen Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance, of course, was a, a big time pick and you've invested a lot of draft capital his way. His ceiling is through the roof, but I understand the thought process of a coach. So when I go into this, I say, OK, you know, this guy right here, if you take names away from it or or where they were drafted, uh, then you you say, you know what, this guy right here through seven games played at a high level. He was a guy that I believe we could have won the Super Bowl with. And then you say, you know what, I got this guy, though. He's got a lot of potential, but hasn't quite proven it on the field. I'm going to go with the proven commodity right now. Now, I don't want to miss out on potential of Trey Lance, but what you're hoping is at some point what you saw from Brock Purdy that Trey Lance could become that or more. So you have an open competition. And that is one of the things that John Lynch was very clear about. He says they're excited about it. He said, we're really excited about where, about where Trey is at, at his, his progress from injury. He's been working really hard. Love the opportunity to be able to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit, but we like that quarterback room a lot. So this was not about really... Uh, anything else than bringing a good quarterback room that they could potentially build around three players because they can't allow what you know what everything is to happen. Now they were talking a little bit about Brock Purdy's timeline and Kyle, and John Lynch said, but our hope is he's ready to go in training camp. We'll see how everything goes. We're going to do what's right for Brock because that's right for our organization and be aggressive with what we do. So uh, they're definitely going to make sure Brock is you know doing the right thing. Uh, so they, they're definitely setting a a kind of framework for which Brock Purdy's 
offseason would look and how he could potentially fit into what the 49ers are going to do. But if he comes back from injury and he comes back at a time they believe is enough to get him acclimated, it seems like minus Trey Lance coming in and blowing everything, everyone away, that Brock would take the first snaps. I think that's a normal response coming into this right now. He said Brock is going to work. He's going to do everything they ask and more. And they were very pleased with the way the surgery went. So we're all excited about that. I think that's a very, very nice um, way to say it. And then he said, we're still very excited about Trey. He's he's always right. He's talks about one player. Oh, but we're still very excited about this one. John Lynch knows what he's doing as far as handling the media. He says, but I think the way Brock played probably has earned the right to be the guy. But it's certainly a competition. We'll always have that. And again, these are decisions Kyle makes, but I know our discussions, this is the way we're talking. I, I like the way he's going about it. Uh, it's, you know what? Brock has earned the opportunity to take the first snaps because of what he did, uh, but we're not going to let him just come in and assume that this is his job. He's going to have to go out there and earn it, and he's going to go after, have to earn it against Trey Lance, who's a very capable, strong-armed, very intelligent individual, and Sam Darnold, who comes from the same sort of category. Strong arm, big, physical, uh, can move in the pocket, but also has the ability to you know, do the things that you want. Intelligence-wise, has a lot of starts in the league. Uh, it's, it's a very, very interesting thing that's going on with this group. I'm excited about uh, you know, both, both quarterbacks, but this quarterback situation. Lou says, how quickly can Darnold pick up that, oh, pretty tough to learn this playbook and have a shot against Trey Lance? I think it's a little bit easier uh, you know, for him overall because of him being involved in Robert Sala's system uh, for one year. So being in that system with Robert Sala, the offense is very similar, so he'll know the terminology and have some understanding of you know what that looks like. Uh, plus, this is a pro. This is a guy that's been in and learned the playbook for a long time. I know it's difficult to learn the intricacies of Kyle Shanahan's offense. But if you have a general idea of the terminology and overall the verbiage, and it doesn't sound like Klingon to you, uh, then you can pick it up rather fast. We've seen other you know players that have been able to do that. So I think that he'll be able to pick up the offense. Will he be behind as far as Trey Lance? Yeah, Trey Lance is going to have a mastery of what this offense is is to him and what his reads and expectations are in this offense. So that in that case, Trey Lance has a huge advantage. Trey is also a tremendous athlete and he processes information very well. So those two guys, I think are in a different category than Brock uh, only because I think those guys have the physical traits that are a little bit better than Brock's. What Brock has is kind of that, that something different about him, right? He just makes plays. Uh, so to me, it's a kind of an interesting, you know, thing between the two. Uh, Paul says Shanahan runs a meritocracy. I think Darnold hiring is insurance that Purdy's will be able to heal fully before playing. You're right. That meritocracy uh, is very important. That's what really shows, uh, you know, the four years could go either way. The four years will take e anybody that they, they think is going to be playing the best on the field. Uh, they don't care where you were drafted. And I think that's something that's very important. Sam Darnold's ability to get drafted number three, uh, that's no joke. You don't go third overall without having a tremendous amount of talent. So I think that's going to be something the foreigners are going to rely on. What they have by any means right now is a very, very talented quarterback room. All three guys have their strengths. All of them have weaknesses. And if you can use their strengths to the best of their abilities and limit their weaknesses, that's what you're trying to do with any player. 
You could potentially strike lightning in a bottle with you know three very good players. And if Sam Darnold comes in, you're and you're like you said, Paul, if he comes in and he plays really well, you will see him move up the depth chart. Uh, it could be an interesting training camp. I am curious to see how, how Sam Darnold plays within Kyle Shanahan's offense and how quickly he's able to execute. He's able to execute the offense. We'll have some really fun conversations. If he's not, then it, it will be kind of just back to Brock versus Trey, especially with Trey getting all the snaps while Brock heals up. What's up, Forktall? How's it going? Welcome. Brad Jones, yes, only missed the first seven minutes of the show. I'm glad you came through, Brad. How's it going? Uh, Forktall says, coaches have to go with players playing best. If they start players because of potential, they will lose a locker room. Oh, you're right. It's one of the things that's one of the most interesting things about a locker room is how things are perceived. Always, if players are not getting played, even though they are the best possible players, and there's no outside situations, because a lot of times there could be other things, right? Off the field issues, or maybe they're not doing the things they should do as far as their workouts, or maybe they don't you know, talk to coaches the right way, or they have some sort of friction there then it's not just about play on the field. But when they're handling all that right, and then the play on the field says one guy should be playing over another, yet the coach still plays one, uh, the one that's not as capable, it will make you have some friction within the locker room. A lot of times people, players won't understand that, th that thought process. That's why a meritocracy is the best way to go. The best player plays no matter what. And I think that, you know, that's one thing Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have really pushed is an attitude of really working hard, an attitude of earning your position. Nobody's spot is safe. You have to come in every single year and earn that. Uh, Ambry Thomas is a good example of that. He plays in the NFC Championship game in 2021. He comes back to training camp. Something is off. Something's not the same. Well, guess what? You don't just earn that spot. That spot, I mean, that you don't just be given that spot. You have to earn it. And he did not. And what next thing you know, it was Emmanuel Mosley. Then it was Diamond Lenore and Sam Womack ahead of him, all of which were playing really well. So you're right. You could potentially lose a locker room if you don't handle it the right way. What's up, Terra Dome says, love Brock Purdy. Brock is a fun guy. Oh, there's something special about him. Uh, he just has a poise about him. He has a moxie that I think everyone really, really likes. And I know I do. I, I think Brock's a fun guy. Uh, as far as I just, I just love it. I don't really fear him when he throws the football. There are quarterbacks when they throw, you're like, Oh, hopefully this is not an interception. That's not Brock Purdy. That's not really Trey Lance to me either. Uh, but there have been other quarterbacks that have been there. Ben V says, I'm really hoping for an open competition. I think it's going to be early on. Now, how much is Brock going to be a part of that competition? I don't really think this is going to be a three-way dance early in training camp. I think that the snaps are going to go to Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and probably somebody that they either got at the end of the draft or an undrafted free agent that they signed. Those guys are going to get garnered most of the snaps. So I think we'll see a competition between Darnold, and I think we'll see one between uh, Trey Lance. And then at some point when Brock Purdy comes in, I think those kinds of things will be kind of worked out. So I think it'll be uh, interesting. But yeah, an open competition... I think it will be for the mere fact that Brock Purdy is not going to be inserted until later. What will get interesting is if Trey Lance is playing really, really good all through training camp, all through the preseason, and then Brock Purdy comes back a couple weeks uh, before the regular season, they feel he's healthy, and then they go with Brock. That's when it could get kind of interesting. So uh, I don't, I don't know if that'll happen. 
but I'm hoping that this timeline for Brock actually goes up a little bit the same way it has for other players. Essentially, it comes in a little bit earlier so we can get involved in the beginning of training camp or the middle of training camp, the beginning of the preseason. I think that would be huge. Uh, Lou says, oh, sorry, I missed Brad's. I don't think Sam was ever there with Sala. He got traded when Zach Wilson got drafted. You could be right. Uh, so, so maybe I'm off a year. I was thinking um, that they had a year together. But you're right, he probably got traded because I think he was in Carolina for two years. So my apologies, Brad, on that. Alou says, if Brock Purdy can make a complete recovery from the injury and beats out Trey Lance, is he traded or will Lance accept being a backup in uh, perpetuity or until his contract becomes an issue? I think with with Trey Lance, uh, at some point, right, he's got he's to gotta get an opportunity or feel he's been given an opportunity. Now, if the 49ers... You'll have a healthy competition, and Brock Purdy uh, wins the competition. Trey Lance being a backup, I could see that there would be to potentially be some frustration there. Now, with the way that you know he was, he's on the roster, and he the four years have control of him. I think they would consider a trade down the road, but I don't think you do it this year because uh, you want to make sure you have the healthiest possible room you can get. And so I think that they would make sure they hold on to Trey Lance, make sure he's there, and he could just keep himself ready and hope for the opportunity. Uh, this would be year three. So uh, you could easily trade him after this season and still have you know, a couple of years of you know control for an opposing team. But I think what you're hoping is that people get to see a look at Trey Lance. I mean, the perfect situation, right, is for both guys to play good. They're both very affordable. So it's going to be a 49ers decision. I do think Brock Per. I'm I'm sorry. I do think Trey Lance at some point looks for an opportunity outside the 49ers. If the decision is met that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy, I just don't know when that's going to happen. Brad says, "Did you watch Lynch's press conference? Sounded like he may have had a rather large night out on the town with Jed and Kyle. I did listen to it. He was he was taking his time with his words. Uh, could be interesting." Uh, Forkall says, absolutely, Coach Ant. Once all quarterbacks healthy, foreigners have the best quarterback room in the league. I like it. Lou says, the infamous Shanahan doghouse. Uh, it's claimed a lot of players. It really has. Traffic, what's up? Says, yo, yo, what up, TCC? Let's go. I love Brock Purdy. I think he should have been quarterback one, but I also think Trey can be a quarterback one in this league. He sort of deserves a trade, in my opinion, to a team who will, who will start him. I think that that is a year down the road. I think the way the 49ers were absolutely scorned during the playoffs with injuries and just the way the season went last year, you know, losing Trey, then losing Jimmy, uh, then losing Brock. I think they're going to make sure they hold on to quarterbacks. And to be honest, with Trey Lance's upside, you don't want to give up on him a little bit too quickly. So I think they will hold on to him. I think if Brock Purdy played out the entire season as the starter, then like I said earlier, I do believe at that point the 49ers could look to trade him uh, get some draft capital back. And I think that's something he would want at that point if the decision had been made. But I think he's still in the process of believing he's in a competition. If he gets the right opportunity, he could beat out Brock Purdy. And I think I like that competition aspect between the two of them. I think it'll push both of them to be better. And so I, I am curious how training camp goes. I think it's going to be uh, electric. And that's even with just Trey Lance and Sam Darnold because their play is also going to be measured about what everyone remembers from the seven games in which Brock Purdy played during that way down the stretch. Uh, vividly says, the way Brock carried himself gives me very similar vibes to Andrew Luck, very humble, hard worker, 
the way he carried themselves is very similar. I think that's a, a, a nice way to go about it. I think that's a good comparison. I did like the way Brock Purdy carried himself. I love the way Trey Lance carries himself and Sam Darnold. I think all these guys have a certain way about them. They're very humble, uh, but also they are realists. They understand what the way of playing quarterback in the NFL is like. Uh, so I, I think they do a very good job you know, with how they go about it. But Brock was very humble. He made sure to give teammates credit. He took the blame uh, when mistakes happen. That's always a good thing. I think that anytime a player is willing to do that, and we've seen Trey do the same thing. As far as individuals, uh, these guys are through the roof. They're really good character guys. The 49ers have done a very good job, and they're both very talented. So I think the 49ers have a lot of upside with their quarterback room, and I think they're excited about that. I think they were always hoping it was going to be Trey, but the good news is, uh, they got a guy like Brock too. So uh, you never can complain about having you know two really talented young guys that you could potentially end up deciding between and moving on to the other one. A Google account. What's up, Google account? Says, I'll say this much. Our coaching staff will make Sam Darnold play very competent compared to what we've seen so far from him. I'm with you. I, I believe that Sam Darnold is going to take a step forward. I liked what I seen at the end of the season last year when he played for the Panthers. Uh, his touchdown to interception ratio was at a all-time high for him. His completion percentage was up from his career average. He was making sound decisions. Also, when he got rid of the football in, in 2.5 seconds or less, he was very accurate. And I think that that's something he could really do well within Kyle Shanahan's system is take his time and find the, the correct route to throw to. Uh, but I think he just lets everything settle down. A lot of times the first option is open and then he can go out and execute. So I do think, like you said, it will be a lot more comfortable within Kyle's system. And I also have a lot of faith in Brian Greasy after one year. The advancement we saw, uh, even from Jimmy Garoppolo, a veteran, it just felt like it was a lot of comfort there. So I think you're right, Google account. I look for Sam Darnold to take a step forward. And I look for this 49ers quarterback room to be very competent one to three. And I, I actually think they're probably going to get a, a pretty good quarterback, you know, in this draft or as an undrafted free agent. There's a lot of very talented guys that are going to be available when the 49ers pick in the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, potentially undrafted that they could use. Oh, what's up, Spy Nick Danger? How's it going? Welcome to chat. And Lou says, we need to trade for this year's Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, we're going to be picking really close to that. The 49ers pick at 255. And I think Mr. Irrelevant this year is like 257 or 258. So not as many picks as last year. Uh, Lou, your own profile picture, Mr. Irrelevant was 262. So not as many comp picks available, which means not as many draft picks. Uh, that's interesting, right? If the there wasn't as many comp picks last year, then Brock Purdy potentially wouldn't have been drafted. Orktel says we can keep all these quarterbacks uh, no problem with their current contracts. Trading Lance or any quarterback is totally unnecessary unless the offer is uh, irresistible. Yeah, and I don't think it's even, even if it's a very good offer, I think the 49ers will be very hesitant to do it this year. I think that they want to make sure that they get the best possible uh, quarterback room together. And to me, that means having Trey Lance and Brock Purdy in the quarterback room. So I don't expect a trade to come. I'm not one of those trade Trey Lance kind of guys. Uh, so I'm 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 good about where the 49ers are with their quarterback room. Uh, Vividly says, if you get rid of oh sorry, uh, yeah, if you get rid of Trey Lance, you save a significant amount of cap money. He's set to make 23 million in a year or two if he does not play 
Well, there's no reason to keep him around because of the cap hit. Sorry, correction, $9.1 million for a year, but another year in the contract, the dead cap would be $20 million. Yeah, there are some dead cap type things that you have to worry about as you get closer to the fifth-year option. Uh, then, you know, these rookie contracts are fully guaranteed. So you can take a little bit of a hit. That's understandable. What's up, Randy Daytona? Uh, I, I just, I think that the 49ers aren't really worried about the draft, you know, the cap hit right now. It could be something that enters their mind. I just don't think that's right now on the top of their mind because what they're more concerned about, because they have such a cheap quarterback room with Brock Purdy, uh, Darnold's contract is cheap. And even at 9.1 million, uh, your overall, your entire quarterback room is still cheaper than some, you know, some quarterbacks, even half of their salary. So to me, I think the 49ers are okay with it, but I get what you're saying. Moving on from, you know, that money could be something the 49ers ultimately do. But I think the juice is going to have to be worth the squeeze. Uh, like it was said earlier from Forktall, it's going to have to be something irresistible. The 49ers just can't pass up. Getting some you know, players that could impact their team right now and impact the opportunities for you know guys like Trent Williams and George Kittle and, and Christian McCaffrey to win a Super Bowl, I think in that case, they'd be willing to do it. Uh, Brad Jones says, unless you're getting two first-round picks for Trey, they're not trading Lance. This is the year they need to make sure Brock can get through a full season without injuries exactly right you just don't know what you got you know what happens if you know for whatever reason and i don't wish this on brock purdy uh, but he's not able to start the season and trey lance comes out and absolutely lights it up i, I think that that you know is a scenario that could happen and in that case you want to make sure you didn't move on from trey lance ahead of you know when you thought he or what you thought he was going to be so don't jump the gun too soon plus just having those two guys it just it allows you the opportunity to make sure you know, nothing happens later on. Uh, Paul says, and with Shanahan's coaching uh, tree going, there'll be a lot of teams using uh, the Shanahan system. So Darnold could just pop in. You're right. He could end up somewhere else, right? Uh, you're right. I, I, and Daryl with the super chat. How's it going, Daryl? Thank you so much. Says, Ant, how the heck will you snap the ball for us? Uh, <laughs> I like that. Um, no snapping for me. Um, I have an injury right now, even. Uh, it's on my left hand, luckily, but um, yeah, I mean, we got Jake Brindle. We're 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 okay, right? I mean, we've we've made some we've made some pretty good some pretty good moves. Uh, Forty yards keep adding offensive line talent. They added John Feliciano uh, today. They added an offensive tackle as well. So I mean, the Forty yards are doing a pretty good job with the offensive tackles and offensive uh, positions. But yeah, no snapping of the football for Ant. Ant is officially retired from football okay let's see what we got here i know i missed some right here what's up david via how's it going says what's up niner family coach ant uh glad to be here can't wait for the draft go niners yeah we're almost in it i was breaking down i got really uh deep into the edge rushers getting ready to do an edge rusher video where we can go through and and talk all edge rushers that'll be coming up here pretty soon i've been breaking that down there's so many really good prospects I'm having to take more time uh, than ever to go through these um, players because it's a very, very deep draft at defensive end and tight end. So a lots of high caliber individuals really been enjoying it. And Randy Daytona says trade Debo for Joey Bosa. Yeah, I don't think they would make that trade. I think the dead cap would be huge for both players. But I don't think feasibly it makes sense. Um, I would love to have an edge rusher. And there's going to be question marks, you know, about Debo moving forward. But I think that, you know, that's just, I don't think it can actually happen. 
it's an interesting concept, right? Using Debo Samuel, one of your best playmakers, you know, to get an edge rusher. I think there's edge rushers out there. Are they Joey Bosa? Absolutely not. Uh, but there's edge rushers out there right now. You wouldn't have to give up a player like Debo. You could potentially bring them in to make an impact off the edge opposite of Nick. I think it would be lovely. It's a pipe dream, right? To get Nick and Joey together. Nick talked about that on the Richard Sherman podcast as well. You know, that they would probably break the NFL. I mean, that's what he said, break the NFL. So uh, potentially, you know, that that might happen. Maybe when they're at the end of their career, they'd be willing to take mole um, less or whatever. So we'll see. Brad Jones, the legend of drafting CJ Beathard just grows even more. It landed Kittle in the fifth, and the comp pick of him leaving landed Brock Purdy. Well said, Brad Jones, right? CJ Beathard ends up netting the 49ers, George Kittle and Brock Purdy. It could be legendary. We might be remembering CJ Beathard for, for all time. Uh, Fortal says, and I'm feeling more and more like we're going to have a kicker competition now that Gonzalez traded here. I think we're drafting a kicker late to compete since Gonzalez was so easy to get. Yeah, you know, John Lynch talked about that a little bit uh, today in his presser as well. Talked about how the agent reached out or tipped them off that he was going to be released. They reached out to Carolina and said, hey, we're not going to give you a whole lot. But if you'd be willing to, you know, swap seventh round picks or flip seventh round picks, uh, we would be willing to take on that trade. But yeah, all things considered, it sounds like there's going to be a competition at the kicker position. Uh, the the staff, the coaching staff really likes Gonzalez. So he's going to be somebody the four yards are potentially ready to roll with. And in 2021, I know he didn't play in 2022, but in 2021, 90% on his kicks is good. Uh, that's very good. And he's a guy that, you know, has a lot of touchbacks, pretty accurate kicker, can make it from 50 plus. I think those are good things, but I think you're right. I think they fully expect to bring in a kicker, whether that is another free agent who doesn't land somewhere else, or if that's a, a player in the draft, you know, whether they draft Nick uh, Jake Moody or they sign someone as an undrafted free agent. I think all those are are possibilities, uh, you know, for the for the 49ers. But I do think you're right. There's going to be a kicking competition in San Francisco. We're going to have two kickers for sure on that 90-man roster. Traffic says, what position do you think the Niners will go with their first pick? I always lean towards edge. Now, there have been some movement as far as some safeties have been sliding down the board a little bit. So potentially there's players that, you know, could be available for the 49ers from the safety position. I'm high on Taylor Hawkins, so I'm not one of those people that need to take a safety. But if the right one falls, I'd be willing to do that. I think it's going to be an impact player. Uh, it could be an edge. Um, I think that would make an impact. If there's a certain offensive tackle that they really like, they could go that direction. I think those ones always make sense. Uh, but to me, it, it would probably be somebody that could rush opposite of Nick Bosa, somebody that could come in and compete behind Drake Jackson, depending on who's available there. I think that's the way to go. Uh, Paul says, any chance of a printable coach ant draft book? Yeah, you know, I know John Chapman does his. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to work on some stuff. I've been writing everything down. So potentially I could do that. Let me see how much work I could get done. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My personal life right now is a hectic time. So I am finding it a little bit more difficult to do the amount of work I normally do on the, you know, on the breakdowns of the draft and everything. But if I could get that together, Paul, I will definitely do that. Uh, I think that would be fun to do and, and put out there and let everyone know my opinions on players and, and how I, my process of breaking players down. Uh, so yeah, if I can get to that, I will. It's, it's something I'm writing them all down. So if I can get it put together, I will definitely put it out there for everyone to get. 
Uh, so that way they can just, you know, see how we feel. Because, I mean, Chapman and, and the Rush, they do such a good job breaking down players. Uh, but all of us have different opinions. I mean, there's some players that I really like, you know, that they don't. And there's some players that they really like that I don't. And it's all about the eye of the beholder and some of the traits and things you look at. So I think it would be fun. I really do think it would be fun. Um, let's see. Randy says 4 million dead cap this year, save 15 million next year, 11 million in 2025. So you're going with the savings, Randy. I like it. Looking at the breakdowns of the salary cap to make it work. And how about them? Niners says, Ant, do you think it would be worth it to trade Debo for a dominant elite right tackle, possibly post June? I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know who this dominant right tackle is. If you look around the league, there's not very many right tackles that are dominant because you're not paying left um, right tackles normally the amount of money that you know, like somebody like Peters is getting in with the Eagles. I mean, his his contract's ridiculous. Will will him and Mike McGlinchey reset the market for right tackles? Could happen, but most of the tackles want to play left. That's where the money is. That's where you get thirty plus million dollars, like Trent Williams. Well, I don't know who the dominant right tackle would be. I think if there was one, uh, you would think about, you know, making moves. Uh, I just don't know if I'd be willing to move on from Debo. I think Debo, when healthy, and Christian McCaffrey together, it's just tough. I can't move on from Debo. I couldn't do that. I would have to have some belief in Chris First, or I think I would rather give up draft capital to go get a right tackle uh, than to trade a, a player like Debo Samuel that could have a huge impact. Plus, I mean, Kyle has you know, a, a very specific way he likes to use Debo within his offense. Uh, to me, I, I think another year of having Debo and Christian McCaffrey together is probably what the doctor ordered. But I understand wanting to upgrade the right tackle position. I just don't think Debo is the answer to get it done. Uh, Paul says, but don't stress out because your wife and your marriage are much more important than football. That is true. Uh, so I appreciate that. But yeah, I have been working on some stuff behind the scenes. Uh, some of it will become apparent. You know, you guys will just see a little bit of changes here and there. It's some of the some of the stuff that I've been working on. I'm really excited about it. Um, but you know, I, I have I have definitely had more more things going on than than last year. I mean, last year at this time, I was just all on the film, man. I was breaking it all down, and I still have been doing a lot. I've watched a lot of players, and I've really enjoyed the draft process. But yeah, it's a little different this year. Uh, Brad says if we don't trade up. We edge, tied in, and then or edge again with 99, 101, and 102. I think the interesting thing is, because I, I do think we should edge, and I wouldn't even be against edging twice, you know, getting a couple of those guys, you know, that makes sense for the 49ers. Because the way the 49ers go about bringing in uh, certain, you know, guys that fit certain ways is they, they can double up on edge because they don't use them the same way. And... I think that's one of the main categories that I'm interested in is how the 49ers plan to address it because, you know, they'll get a guy that plays significant edge. You know, you got your Drake Jackson, uh, your, you know, or other guys, but then they get guys who go on, you know, that can play both. Uh, they like guys that can move inside and outside. So would you want to get a speed rush guy if there's one there to play on obvious pass downs, be a guy that could rotate with Drake Jackson? And then would you like to get a guy potentially that can play outside and inside? You know, a big physical guy that can make a play. So like a Charles and Minnehue, um, you know, Jordan Willis, get one of those big, long guys, Arden Key, that they play outside on your, your second unit. Uh, but when it's obvious pass downs, they can kick inside. Or even if you just want to put Bosa back on the field, but you want to leave one of those guys in in your second unit, you could do that. So somebody like a Zach Harrison, for instance, you know, he's a 200 and... 
175 pound defensive end, six foot six with that huge 87 inch wingspan. Well, he plays outside in your second unit, and then, oh, it's third down. I don't want to put my whole first unit in. I want them to still rest, but I want Nick Bosa to be back out there. We'll kick Harrison inside, go uh, pull out Kevin Givens, and here you go. You're ready to go on third down. So I think you could get two different style of edge rushers and potentially uh, make an impact that way too. So I, I definitely am with you on that. Uh, Forktall says, wow, Brad, I never thought anyone would be able to make a Bethard fan make me a Bethard fan there you go look at that Brad Jones making people Bethard fans out here I like that Lou says and better to stay put at 99 through 102 or improve three spots a bundle and move up it all depends on how the draft is is falling I've said this for a while if there's there's a couple players that you really like that you feel could make an impact on your team and you need to move up you know nine to, to 20 spots like then go do it make sure you get an impact player now one of the things the 49ers can definitely do, though, is they because they have three picks right there, they can move down slightly. There are lots of teams that are going to want to move up into that range so they don't have to wait for day three to make their pick. With the 49ers picking at the, er, er, or the end of day two, there could be teams there. So the 49ers might be able to slide back from, say, like 101, where they, have, they can make their pick at 99, and then at 101, Slide back. Let's say they slide back to like 112 and then pick up 138, for instance, in that deal. Then what you get is now you get two fourth round picks. So you pick two three two threes and you get two fours. Uh that or I'm sorry, yeah, then that would make sense. Uh, because then you can kind of get some guys that are in that intermediate range. So I wonder if the 49ers want to package up and lose, you know, positions to fill up this roster or potentially drop back from one of those picks and pick up an extra pick, maybe in the fourth round to make a move so i i kind of i kind of would like that and how about them niner says thanks for the input and hit that like button yeah everyone please hit the like button subscribe if you haven't already pushing towards getting to four thousand subs before uh the draft i'd really appreciate everyone's help so if you're watching for the first time and you haven't subscribed to the channel please give it a subscription appreciate it what's up siggy how's it going says what's up faithful ready says let's get a safety with that first pick huff's new best friend star is out there somewhere yeah there's some there's some good safeties that are probably going to be in that range and some guys that are slowly falling into the fourth round so there's some guys that are going to be there that the four years can pick and i think they could actually draft a couple of guys and see how they turn out uh guys with you know huge skill sets that fit you know playing opposite of huff it's a perfect season to locate someone that you can put you know in there and and allow them to you know make an impact uh but also you know, kind of, they have the opportunity to do so because they have a very experienced veteran, Tayshawn Gibson, ahead of them. Uh, because of Gibson, now you can really get a guy that you, hey, maybe he's a year away, safety. You get him in there, play him special teams, and, and see what he does. And I'm also very curious to see how much the 49ers like Taylor Hawkins. I'm really curious about that. Longtime Niner fan says, Will there be an Ant Hill shows for the 2023 season? I enjoy the verbal competition and laughs. Absolutely. I, I do think the Ant Hill show will be coming back here pretty soon, actually. We'll get some off-season stuff going uh, with him. We're going to get some slightly offsides as well. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Uh, you know, we, we kind of all took a break, but I know that Jason is ready to get back to it. Jay Hill is ready to get back to the conversation. So that'll be coming your way very, very soon. I'm excited about uh, all those conversations because I really enjoy having conversations, especially with people that don't feel the same way I do. Uh, it makes me kind of have fun. I like the pushback too. Kind of fun. Paul says all three 
uh, third round picks packaged together only get us up to like 61 though, right? When you're looking at value, you know, what do you, would you rather have three third round picks? You know, who are those guys going to be? I think that's a big question. Um, but I mean, could you imagine if one of those guys you really like at tight end fell uh, and you're able to grab one of those tight ends and then you're able to get an edge rusher that you really like and you're able to get an offensive tackle? Like, let's say, you know, one of those guys fall, uh, then yeah, I mean, you might, it might be one of those things where you're like, wait a second, I should have, you know, I should have stayed there. So it's a three for one price tag, uh, but all these guys are cheaper. So I think, I think you're right, Paul. There could be a lot of value. What my normal process has been, and I'm going to do another uh, mock draft this week. I did the other one for channel members and patrons, but I'm going to do the next one um, on YouTube. I'm going to put it out you know, live for everyone. You guys can join me as we go through the picks is what I've been prone to do. And I didn't do any trades in the first one. I've been prone, like I talked about before, to drop back from one of those picks, depending on what I'm offered. And I think that it gives you an opportunity to pick up a fourth round pick uh, that you can use. But I mean, there's a lot of value in those third round guys. So yeah, I mean, you just gotta, you kind of gotta find the right guy and then make a move. What's up, Frank? How's it going? Because will this be the rookie McBackup and rookie McInactive game day draft? I like that. Um, it could be, it could be. I, I think what's interesting is finding, you know, which quarterback the 49ers will, will want to have as a, you know, potentially another backup. I think it has to be a guy they feel can get to the practice squad with the three guys they have going to pay a lot of attention to, you know, the NFL meetings and, and how they feel about this third quarterback rule and what kind of provisions they put on it. If they do it for the entire 2023 season, that you are allowed to have a, a third quarterback that doesn't go against, um, you know, you're, you're actually, they make a spot for them and make it a, a 40, was it a 47 or 48 man roster to allow the third quarterback. I think that that will change the way that teams go about it. Then I think the 49ers would keep a fourth quarterback on the practice squad. So, I mean, potentially the 49ers could go into games with Brock Purdy, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, all active and in uniform. I think that would change it, but it all depends on how the competition committee uh, determines this rule and what provisions they have for it. Hopefully they do it for the regular season as well and not just playoffs, but you just never know how they're going to go about it. Uh, Siggy says, sorry, I'm late, Ant. I hear Niners are considering picking a quarterback in the draft. Who do you go with? I think this is one of the most interesting things because I hear, you know, I hear all the names, you know, I mean, you guys have probably heard all the, all the same names too of who the 49ers are interested in. And they've met with a couple of guys as well. Um, you know, the the names out there that the 49ers could potentially be interested in. I've heard a lot of people talking about Stetson Bennett. Uh, lately, Jaron Hall's been a, a guy. Clayton Toon, uh, Jake Hayner, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Max Duggan was somebody that, you know, I like Max Duggan a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. I don't think he's really high on anyone's a radar but i mean he's a guy that's got mobility to extend the pocket six two uh but he runs a four five and i like that a lot uh so he's a guy that i've considered of course dorian thompson robinson they met with so you have to take him seriously and then the guy that you know i've been i, I don't know how many people are really talking about him a whole lot uh but tanner morgan out of minnesota he's not highly athletic uh there's not a lot that's you know really really special about him except for the fact that you know, he gets rid of the football on time. Uh, he does a very good job of, of letting go of the football. Uh, he can throw the ball down the field with great velocity. 
So he's a guy that I keep finding myself watching. I just think he fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. When he had you know wide receivers that were NFL caliber like Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, he threw for over 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, which means if you give him talent, he can make the plays. Uh, but you know, just some of the stuff that he does well, he's got good velocity on his football, good accuracy when he throws on the move, and then he's got great timing. He can put the ball right where he needs to get it, and those guys can get up the field. And uh, I think that's what it is. But when you're talking about him, you know, of course, they're always saying he doesn't have an elite arm. Uh, he he's not effortless on deep throws down the field. Uh, but that sounds a lot like Brock Purdy, right? As far as that category, which means you don't need those things to be successful within Kyle Shanahan's system. Uh, but he has a quick release and he has good accuracy on short throws and in the intermediate. Uh, so to me, those are really good things. And when you have a guy like this who also has the athletic ability to be able to leave the pocket and throw with the ball outside the pocket because of his good vision uh, and deceptive speed. So to me, he's a guy that that makes sense for the 49ers. I don't know how much attention he's actually getting paid by the NFL draft. Uh, but he's a guy that I've kind of landed on. So if you guys have an opportunity, check out some of the film, you know, on Minnesota's quarterback, uh, Tanner Morgan, because he's a guy that I like. I, I'm not putting him in a category of anybody. I don't think he reminds me of Brock Purdy. I don't think he reminds me of anyone. I think he just reminds me of Tanner Morgan. But I like his footwork. I like the way he gets rid of the football, and the way he can put it on receivers so they can keep running. But I think he has enough arm as well to get the ball down the field. And I also think he's a guy potentially can get late in the draft or undrafted that you could then take and put him on your practice squad and let him develop. I think he's a, a possibility for the 49ers in late rounds. Um, Brad Jones says, I have a feeling this year's draft is going to be heavy trench draft on both sides with a sprinkle of tight end and corner. I think I would be okay with that. You know, I'm okay with them walking away, you know, with two to three edge rushers in this draft. Uh, guys that can make an impact. And if you find the right D lineman, do that as well. I'm okay with that. So yeah, going going in the trenches is good. Uh, there's interior offensive linemen they can draft, even though the 49ers tend to go the way of offensive tackles that move inside. There are some offensive tackles in college that have already you know started to translate their process of moving inside. A lot of what we saw from Burford and Zakel last year or once they got to the senior bowl, they started taking reps inside. And there are guys that are doing that this year, like Braden uh, Daniels and also um, uh, Nick Saldaveri. Both of those guys are already taking those reps. And there's other guys that we're going to find, too, that are doing the same thing. I think he says, thinking quarterback late round, O-line first, hopefully. Uh, what's interesting about O-line is if you take an offensive lineman, you have to kind of move up into the third round, like the beginning to mid of the third round to pick up you know, a, a guy that's a big-time player or potentially could be a big-time player. And then there's kind of a lull uh, minus one of those guys falling from where the 49ers pick at 99 um, to <clears throat> pretty close to the end of the fourth round. I think a lot of those guys in between are fifth-round talents. So to me, you're either getting them early or you're getting them late. And in that middle where the 49ers don't pick in the fourth round, there's not a lot of players uh, that you want to draft there. And I think it would be a little bit of a reach to pick some of the guys in that 99 to 102 range unless guys fall. And if they do, uh, go for it. Like, I love Bergeron uh, out of Syracuse. He's one of my favorite guys. Of course, Cody Mock, but those guys are going to go early. I look for all those guys to go late two, early three. Uh, they're just too good <clears throat> of football players. Randy says, Niners should grab two quarterbacks, one in the draft and one undrafted. I wouldn't be against that either. 
Uh, you're going to need arms during the offseason with Brock Purdy potentially not being available. You're going to have Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, having two other quarterbacks, young guys that could come in and do that. Uh, it would make sense. And we've seen the 49ers go that approach before. So, yeah, you could easily do that. Uh, knowing that, you know, one of these guys or both of these guys ended up on the practice squad, there's nothing wrong with taking, you know, a guy in the draft that you don't want to lose and then potentially signing a guy that's available to come in and compete. I think a lot of quarterbacks would love to play, you know, for Kyle Shanahan in this system. So, yeah, to me, that that would be a solid move, Randy Daytona. I, I like that thought process overall. Uh, no problems with it. So, yeah, really good. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode. I had a lot of fun talking 49ers football. I'll catch you guys all in the next one. I'm going to be having some more videos come out. Also, I'm going to do a mock draft coming up pretty soon. Ant's Mock Draft 2.0. Join me for that as well. But until the next time, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.